ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. As the now beloved national soccer team, the Matildas, gear up for their second friendly game against Canada, one Southwest Grazier says she'll absolutely be cheering them along. That's because not so long ago, St George's Kerry Hetherington was strapping on the boots herself, but back in a time when players funded their own travel and no one watched on TV. Ellie Bradfield has her story. I could run and run and run all day long. The soccer suited me for that. My dad died just before we turned two, so my mum had eight kids between 20 and two, and it was just so much easier for all of us to be in the one area. So because the boys were playing soccer, we just naturally followed on. It suited me, I love running. 35 years onwards. And to watch the soccer, the standard was just brilliant. That's probably my only wish was that we had that we had good coaches, but had all that coaching available to see how far you could have gone personally as a player. But I loved it. It was fabulous. The 2023 Women's World Cup was a special time for Kerry Hetherington and her family. There was a lot of pre-game functions and celebrations. Like almost everyone else in Australia, Kerry was on the Matildas bandwagon. But the thing is, the sheep grazier had never got off. When Kerry was a teenager, she was also a football trailblazer. I got selected on my 17th birthday, so that was a nice birthday present. It's a different process in then you had to make your Brisbane team, then you'd have to go away and play state titles to get in the Queensland team, then you had to go away in the Queensland team to make the national team. I was actually playing school sports at the time and a coach came to my door and asked our mum, could Joe and Kerry please play for Brisbane? And oh yeah, okay. Then she came back and said, well Kerry and Joe, can they please play for Queensland? I was 15. Um, and then we got to Darwin, and that was 1979, our first national titles. And I was named in as the up-and-coming player, up-and-coming Australian player at that tournament. And they thought, oh, this is pretty cool. So it just all started from one coach believing us and coming in and actually visiting the house and asking our mum if it was okay. And my sister joined the team in 1983. Jo's my oldest sister, so she's three years older than me. She's a Hall of Famer, so she was a very good player. And it was special. We're still the only two sisters to have played an A international game together. What was that like, you know, getting to do that together? We've been close. Like my dad died when I was very young and our siblings were so close. So it was just magic. She still bosses me around today. So She was Kerry Millman back then, and this schoolgirl went from kicking around the ball at home with her family to playing for Brisbane and then Queensland and then Australia. And it wasn't cheap. remember one year we, we, our state titles was in Mount Isa, so that was very expensive. Then we had to go to Perth, and then we went and did a tour of China and a tour of Taipei. So that in itself was probably around about $4,000, but $4,000 in 19, can I say my age, 1983 was a lot of money for a 19-year-old, a 20-year-old, yeah, to come come with. So it was expensive. So not only were you not paid to play, you were then paying the expenses for all the travel, which can't have been cheap then either. No, no. and also um, you had training camps you had to get to. So we either went to Canberra to the AIS, that was another expense. 
So there was a lot of expenses, but I chose to do that. In the end, it's a choice. I loved it. I, I look forward to it every year. Every year, we're so excited. Got to make the team and see our friends interstate. Sell Lamingtons, we'd do anything to get there, to see them again. And how did you afford it? You said you sell Lamingtons. How did you actually fund it? So I was working, I was also studying and um, playing. So I funded mine through working through the state government. But we did we did a lot of things. We sold Lamingtons raffle tickets. And it's amazing for the time when I think back of it now that people were so generous. They bought, they're probably the worst Lamingtons in the world, but they'd still buy a couple of dozen. <laughs> You know, you'd go to Tweed Heads to play the pokies because they weren't available in um, Queensland. So that was always a good fundraiser. And we packed exhibition bags, I remember, for Smiths. So we had all these people that found us little jobs that we could do to help, yeah, help fund it. And that was good fun too. Like, you got to laugh at the, the tough ones. Well, we were all self-funded for starters so but then I don't want to really dwell on that either because at the time we were in the 80s and it was the recession we had to have and the country had bigger issues so yeah it would have been nice to have been funded better but not but I just look at these girls and think wow we're very competitive we've always been very competitive when I played we were fourth in the fourth in the world and we're still fourth in the world so we've kept this momentum through a lot of fights a lot of battles but we had good support too Progress was slow in the early 80s, but later that decade, things began to turn. There's so many funny moments that make me laugh even today, but I think we all, the 1988 team, so that was the first FIFA run tournament for women, and being a part of that and getting into the quarterfinals, I think that would have to be the highlight because we worked so hard to get there. We got there and bang, FIFA started it and it's all gone from that 1988 tournament in China. The 1988 team was the start. The start of being recognised by FIFA, that was the biggest thing. Making the team so young, all her time was spent studying, working and training. But in 1990, Kerry was ready for a new challenge. There was no other life, you know. So I think after 10 years, I thought, I need another adventure. I'm a little bit burnt out and I could have... I had the option to play on for another six years for the 1996 Los Angeles Olympics, but I just didn't think I could maintain 16 years of that, yeah, training, playing, working constantly. When I stopped soccer, I thought, oh, I need another adventure. So, I, you know, I got married and I moved out and I thought I would learn how to be a farmer. So I've done less for 33 years and I love it. I got the best of both worlds. I can go to Brisbane whenever I need to and I have this beautiful farm area that I can just ride around and, and do my stuff. I'm very involved in the farm because I was fit and outdoorsy. I, you know, I don't mind going out mustering sheep or putting them through a scanner or sitting on a tractor and planting. So all that is totally different. I went from not even knowing what this farm looked like to seeing a big tractor. And I, I got into art. I challenged myself because I like drawing. So now I do president of the art club in St George. So do a lot of painting and drawing and and yeah I seem to be always busy and I love travel I really really do love traveling and, and to different places and seeing different cultures. She was originally offered free tickets and accommodation for the first game during the World Cup but there was one complication. First game was in mid-July and I said to my sister look I don't think I can go I think we might be planting or scanning our use that's a really busy time for us. 
So we reneged on the tickets and we bought all the Brisbane tickets and things because that was later on. And then it was dry. Thank goodness for the dry. Kerry has spent years as a soccer coach and she's so excited about the Women's World Game and what its popularity means for girls in regional towns across Australia. I'm ecstatic for the girls. I think it's absolutely amazing and I know how much hard work goes into it. And they're getting paid great. You wouldn't want it to go backwards. So for me, the joy is seeing how much it's progressed. We actually, a funny story, my sister and I said we'd better buy tickets for everything just to get bums in the seats at the stands. That was sold out. Like, you know, that was our original thought and to see the momentum. It's, oh, it's amazing. I couldn't be happier for them. I love the little kids because they play for enjoyment. They just want to kick the ball. They don't care, you know, the way they celebrate. So it was lovely. We had about 150 kids that I was coaching on weekends on a Saturday. And I actually enjoyed it because I found I had to be resourceful. Like they didn't have the the equipment that I was used to, you know, and I was used to it all being set up and I would just float in, walk in and do the job and go. But to have to set it all up myself and fundraise, get the kids' jerseys and then I actually really liked it. It was a good I would say come down. I don't ever thought I wasn't that humble, but it was good to see what people had done for me that I could see what I didn't notice when I was young. The smaller towns, you don't have the number of players. Like soccer's an 11-a-side game, so you really need at least 13, probably 14, because not everyone can turn up every weekend. So you're asking for a lot of players, almost 60 players, to be available in an age group. So we adapted it out here and we did everything six aside, which was really very inclusive. And um, again, it was using the resources that I had in St George. We do have wonderful access to Southwest Regional Soccer through Toowoomba. There's a lot of resources available because it is such a world game and you can access the resources, but because the kids aren't there, You've got to adapt. You've got to adapt. So if they did want to go on and play, they would have to move to get that 11-a-side game where they can learn tactics, where they can learn field positions, where they can have a big goal and learn how to goal kick properly and things like that. But six-a-side is great for skill. So they do, do get skills out here.